Joining me right now, Ben Emmons, Medley Global Advisors, Managing Director, Global Macro Strategy. Ben Emmons, thanks for being here with us. Uh, your thoughts on tomorrow? Hey, Nicole. I wish I was there, actually. I'll see you sooner again. <laughs> uh, so I think tomorrow will be that, that, you know, that cemented 75 basis point rate hike where the projections will show that a lot of the FOMC members are looking at rates that could be as high as four and a half percent by next year. And that's, I think, what the market will particularly pay attention to, because if there's any more outliers there, something above four and a half percent, because four and a half percent is currently priced, and that could lead some more volatility, some more movement in rates that we're already seeing it today. So on the other hand, it's also about the projections for the economy. So far, I've called this Fed the bullish hawkish Fed, right? They're bullish on the economy, hawkish on inflation. If that projection for GDP and employment inflation shows that that is changing, that the bullish tone that they have is fading, that could be a negative for markets. So I think these are all the things to watch for. It's obviously a very binary uh, outcome, really. And, and I noted from volatility in markets that, that people expect pretty wide, uh, wild, wild price swings around the meeting. So it's going to be somewhat of a fireworks meeting, if you will. Yeah, you know, I think we're at this big crossroads. Every time I see something, it's the biggest since, or, you know, you're seeing the dollar at 20 year highs basically against many of, I mean, for example, okay, the pound today, it said the pound is at the lowest level against the dollar since 1985. Gold is at the lowest level closing just now, um, April, 2020. 10 year bond, that's an 11 year high. The two year bond, 2007. We're down four out of the last five trading weeks and it's gonna be five out of six. I mean, if we keep going like this. Don't you feel like we're at this strange juncture? Totally, Nicole. I think these are great statistics you sum up because it is really a, a dramatic shift that's going on underneath <clears throat> because of the pandemic that caused this major shock with the Ukraine energy shock on top. And then now we're having a monetary policy shock, if you will, right? We, just this week alone, we're going to have 10 central banks hiking for a total of 500 basis points in one week, right? That's that's extreme. So I think these statistics show that we're at a juncture here of getting probably overshoots in different markets, in rates and commodities, and perhaps in, in stocks too, till you eventually do settle out. So it's, it is actually a really difficult environment if you, if you want to describe it that way. It may feel like the 70s again of the stagflation idea, but I also think it's very unique to the pandemic itself, the way it was approached and it's coming out. I think the last example is FedEx on Friday, just again a pandemic darling having to revise its outlook to a global recession outlook that's just very sensitive to markets and why you're seeing and getting those 15-year highs in rates and lows in the pounds and so forth. So how should I interpret your commentary? Are you not bearish, but more in a wait and see mode? Or, I mean, I'm not going to go and say bullish here, but your thoughts. Yeah, I've had this sort of analysis and I say, look, if, we, if I'm an investor and I get a clean slate of invest today, you know, then I would stick and initially again with that offense defense team that we talked about previously. You know, on the one hand, you could look at this two-year yield and say at 4%, that's kind of a steal now. But, you know, be careful what you wish for because the Fed may have to go a lot further than 4%. So I'd be more inclined to go for dividend stocks, take the, the aristocrats dividend uh, ETF, 
Just several companies in there that pay now five and a half, six percent dividend in a really steady way with lower volatility. That would be an example to invest in an environment like this today. On the other hand, there is maybe a global recession happening or could happen, but the reopening happens too. And I've been big on that theme for a while now. In Asia, for example, there's now actually really momentum still building. China, believe it or not, is actually recovering coming out of this lockdown slowly but surely. So I like the, the Asian reopening trade. There's some ETFs that carry a lot of the Asian big airlines, for example. I think those are cheap. Those are I, I, interesting plays in, in this sort of defensive environment. And on the other hand, you stick here at the, at the home base. The U.S. economy is not in a recession. Yeah. So as much as a lot of the sectors are down, you do want to take a broad exposure to large caps in, in the U.S. I don't think that, that's completely out of the, out of the gaming. It's interesting how um, the New York Fed three-year inflation expectations, you start to see inflation expectations coming down. Um, in the meantime, I mean, we have a very, a very hot inflation print right now that's happening. A quick thought on that, because I want to get to your other two charts. Yeah, so, you know, and take that to, to what happened actually today in Germany, the producer's prices index up 45% and 8% almost on the month, right? Yeah. And seeing that extrapolated to that type of picture, there is a high uncertainty about inflation. That's that green line, right? That's yet inflation is coming off a bit in expectations, but people don't know where this inflation is going to end. And I think this is the problem for the markets, right? We may get softening inflation, but we don't know where it ends. And that, that's an issue. Yeah, and as people are feeling nervous in the meantime, um, you also have about the money supply, right? We've had a situation yeah. that was very different last year than this year. Tell me a little bit about that and the relationship um, to rate expectations. Yeah, a bit of funky title there because I thought of the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So I thought, Honey, I Shrunk the Money Supply. Really, the idea is there that you are <laughs> shrinking the money supply to a level where you know, it's going to impact credit in the economy. So what's going on is that there's some changes in deposits in banks and, and direct transfers. There's some changes in borrowing at the Fed in the discount window. And that's pulling the reserves out of the system slowly but surely. So we're now down about 900 billion in reserves from the peak in, in January. That's not insignificant. And if that continues with QT now at full force, right, as we go into this month, you know, you can expect more contraction on the money supply from here, and, and that will start dragging on the economy. There's less credit available, it's all tighter, and that will pull back, you know, companies and, and activity to an extent. Again, all what the Fed could go once, I think, to a certain point, though. I don't think they want to see what happened in March of 2020. We had the sharp contraction of uh, credit, same as in 2008. Yeah. So there's always going to be that Fed credit put, I think, so instead of the stock put. The, the credit put will always be there, but they want credit to contract. That's what you're seeing in M2 right now, the money supply. Yeah, and last but not least, I don't know if you have a movie title for this, maybe James Bond. To, <laughs> no time to die here as rates are going higher, financial conditions are coming down, um, particularly for the short under the curve, that two-year. And, you know, everybody keeps saying that any rally we see won't be real if the two-year is at 4%. Yeah, I totally agree with that because even at 4%, it's maybe not the end. I actually think, Nicole, what's happening there is that the two-year nominal yield at 4%. Where do you think it's going? Yeah, I think that the two-year nominal yield, 4%, is not the end destination. It could go closer more to 5%, which 
But this two-year real yield more at 2.5%, eventually have a market pricing that the Fed could reach its target in the next two years. So that's a lot of moves still ahead of us, right? So there's just more to go there because, as that other chart showed, the inflation picture is so uncertain. The energy shock is so enormous. Just seeing from the data out of Germany overnight, we cannot be certain that inflation will just be decelerating month by month from here. So I think higher two-year nominal rates than the closer more than maybe 5%. All right, good to see you, Ben Emmons. Thank yeah. you very, very much. Glad you were able to join us. I won't quit my day job trying to pick movie titles. You can, you can do both. Ben Emmons, Managing yeah. Director, Global Macro Strategy, Medley Global Advisors. Thanks for being here.